change your mindset on the freelancing part because what's happening is that if the economic cycle is going to be a prolonged one, uh, if the recession is going to be going into the next year, chances of you landing a second job may be difficult. Even when you're in a good, stable job and there is no chance of you losing the job, make sure you're going out and interviewing at least once in three months for any job which you like. Always have two sets of mentors. One is older than you because they obviously give you the wisdom and the experience, but have the other mentor a lot younger than you. Listen, don't try to call me. Message me or meet me. Yes, I was attracted towards you, but it doesn't work anymore. It's over between us. This is not just a dialogue from a movie where a relationship came to an end. Rather, it represents what is happening today in the layoff season. And just like that, you are fired. It's surprising how nobody actively thinks that it will happen to them. But what if it does? Is there a way to be better prepared this layoff season? Is there a way to build a recession-proof CV? Let's delve deeper and find some answers. Welcome to Workwise with Nokri. I'm your host, Vivas Gupta, and today's episode is about breakups. From transitioning dilemmas like quitting or switching your job to the dreaded career breaks. From make or break situations like negotiating CTCs or handling feedback between peers. To people related complexities like having a difficult manager or a toxic work environment. Workwise, we cover it all. Hi, welcome to Workwise with Nokri, a show to help you work better and accelerate your career. I'm Devas Gupta. I'm Meher Sindhu Batra. I'm Deepak Parikh. We'll be your podcast host, helping you better tackle those work woes. Today's episode is about breakups. Breakups that happen for no fault of yours. When companies decide to break up with you, you cannot listen to the breakup songs, right? So what do you do? Let's hear it from Nikhil Arora, the Managing Director and Vice President of Godari, whose profound insights can help us to prepare for this recession. Nikhil, welcome on board. Thank you for having me uh, on this uh, very a relevant topic of the times, you know, given where the world economy is moving towards, I think it's a topic all of us have to constantly think about for our employees and for ourselves. Absolutely. Nikhil, do you agree that when nothing is sure, everything is possible? I mean, jobs were always considered more stable and certain as compared to a business, but not anymore. We are living in times of extreme uncertainties with Amazon, with Meta, laying off, the world is going crazy. So what can a professional do with so much of randomness around? Certainly, um, I, I had written an ebook during the first lockdown called Subtle Shifts of Radical Change. And one of the things I had uh, called out in that book was that post-pandemic or as this world's changing you know, after COVID, that we will get into a world of freelancing. You know, so the traditional employment model of where people will be full-time employees will stay, but the percentage between so-called full-time employees and freelancers will shift because today 
you would say maybe it's 80-20 or maybe, you know, 75-25. And it's by choice. I mean, people who become freelancers in any profession, they do become by choice. But what COVID was doing was both from an employee perspective and also from an employer perspective, you know, it was making them think about flexibility, making them think about ability to hire different skill sets at different point of time versus having consistent skill set in a kind of consistent you know frame of time. So I think if you're an employee today, right, you should, first of all, expect the worst and plan for the worst, which means that uh, as the downsizing is happening, don't wait for it to come to you. Really proactively think about that it perhaps will come to you. And, you know, to, to plan for that is what are you going to do next? And I think it's a good time to look at a looking at your skill set and see when you were hired previously, are those skill sets still relevant? And if they were, are they only relevant to the company you're working in? Right? Because there are skill sets you have, and perhaps when you got hired, were very relevant to the outside market and to that company. Over time, what happens is their skill set becomes very relevant to the company, but not as much relevant to the outside world because technology and industry life cycle and business life cycle is changing. So you make sure that you map that gap now. And one way actually to do it is to go and interview. Uh, you know, I always used to tell people that even when you're in a good, stable job and there is no chance of you losing the job, make sure you're going out and interviewing at least once in three months for any job which you like. And that becomes the mirror because when you're going out and interviewing and the kind of questions you get asked and some you may know answers to, some you don't, but it's almost, you know, a mirror which tells you, oh yeah, I'm actually pretty relevant right now. Oh, I am finding myself that 50% of this discussion of this interview, uh, I'm finding out of place. And it gives you a, a so-called a wake-up call to say, yes, I need to do something to add to my skill set. So that's one technique I would advise more now than any time ever before because you know we're expecting the layoffs. And then secondly, change your mindset on the freelancing part because what's happening is if the economic cycle is going to be a prolonged one, uh, if the recession is going to be going into the next year, chances of you landing a second job may be difficult. You may or you may not. So first is go out, interview as much as you can. It gives you a mirror to see where you are. And secondly, I think change your mindset to be getting comfortable to be working like a freelancer, working like a consultant. I love this insight where you go for an interview while being in a job. Nikhil, help you understand what is the shelf life of any skill because with the changing times, no matter you've just graduated or post-graduated or have had experience in terms of learning a new technology or like a skill, but the way things are changing, I mean, how fast should like, someone adapt? What is the like, shelf life? Yeah, so, you know, always look at your skill set in two buckets, right? There are skill sets which will have a permanent shelf life and they will never change. And I'll tell you what, what those are uh, because they will stay here. They were always there 30 years ago and then always will be here 30 years going forward. And they are skills which continuously change every perhaps one year or every two years given the pace of technology. So the skill sets which will not change and ever go out of demand are the people skills. Your ability to work in, in a team environment, your ability to interact with other colleagues, your ability to lead a team, your ability to engage your employees, your ability to be able to understand your customers, your passion for understanding your customer problem. So these are the skills which are 
you know, if once you acquire, it will stay forever because no matter what business you go in, if you're able to discover through and peel through understanding your customer's problem, if you're able to get along with your employees, you're able to engage them, you're able to motivate them, inspire them, lead a team, that's a skill set which you will always keep and perhaps will always be in demand and also will differentiate you from many others because trust me, though they're very obvious skills, they're still in not that much uh, you know high supply because as I work with so many teams, I realize that people forget the basics and they'll go, they run to sophistication. But ultimately, you know, if you don't have the basics, the sophistication doesn't matter, right? So those are the skills which will uh, always stay. The things which are changing are clearly the pace of technology, right? As to a particular software or a particular technology which was relevant, you know, two years ago is no longer relevant now. And, you know, it is changing. So it really depends on your ability to be either relearning new skills, like if you love tech and you want to continuously keep learning new technologies, whether it's AI or data analytics or chat GPT, the metaverse. I mean, if you are really, you know, you you wake up in the morning and you get excited about, hey, I'm going to learn this, then I think you have to be almost a student every day because that's how the, you know, pace of technology is changing. Now, that's not for everybody because everybody doesn't want to be on that treadmill continuously changing everybody. And that's fine. Then you want to hone into areas which are not going to be the tools are changing but the ultimate output is the same right so for example if you're in marketing or you're in finance or in accounting or you're in operations or you're in supply chain or you know you're a web designer you know the outputs which you deliver are not going to be changed so marketing ultimately is about hey i want to build a brand i want to you know increase conversions of my customers who come to kind of discover my product or sales or finance accounting but what changes are the tools how to market better you know how to be a better finance person how to be a better operations person so there the degree of learning is you don't have to learn every day but perhaps you have to learn something new every 6 months and the best way to do it is to be you know part of some of the councils out there some of the peer groups out there you know you start attending a lot of conferences even though you know some could be online offline you just get out in the industry a lot and again, continuously bounce off what you're seeing uh, with your peers out there because that's the best way, again, to let you know, hey, if a particular tool is now picking up. And especially what I say is that always have two sets of mentors. One is older than because they obviously give you the wisdom and the experience, but have the other mentor a lot younger than you. Because they are your leading indicator of what technology they are using and how they are processing purchasing decisions or or consideration decisions or technology they are using. And you will learn so fast about where the next wave of consumerism is coming. And that will let you understand, oh, let me go and learn this because, hey, they're using this. But I, because a lot of time as we get older, you're like, hey, I, I don't like this, all this stuff, right? This is like too, you know, yuppie for me or whatever, right? But but reality is that's where the majority of future decision making will come. So having that younger mentor keeps you grounded and in touch with where the future is heading. Absolutely, you know, and, and like this makes me realize that in my team there is a girl um who is in class twelfth and she understands Gen Z in, in such a better way. Whereas we're like, how can Gen Z behave in this manner? 
But then having her on board, we get those insights. So makes absolute sense. One interesting point, Anikhil, certainly person should learn, the person should invest in like reskilling himself. When you see a tsunami in front of you that, hey, you know, recession is like there, layoffs are around. Learning is happening because of fear and like stress mounts on. And it's not that stress that kills us. It is our reaction to it. And it's an inevitable outcome. So what can one do in such a situation? Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a difficult time when you are, you know, staring at any sort of situation where you will be out of work. I mean, so leaving the economic part out, which obviously it's very individual and, you know, everybody uh, has a different situation. I think one is to, what I call your mental fitness, right? I mean, I think it's a great time to start working on your mental fitness because learning with uncertainty, right? Dealing with uncertainty is really what the situation is about with that. Hey, things are happening. It could be me tomorrow, right? So how do you train your mind to be dealing with uncertainty and look at it from an opportunity point of view to say, okay, you were running on this treadmill for no, how many years on in a particular job? Now, you know, the train stopping and you've been taken off at a particular station and now you're at the station, it gives you an opportunity to really both reflect back and reassess what you like and what you don't like. Because uh, when you're in a job, you may love it or you may be just doing it because you had to do it for the sake of you know economic reasons. And this is an opportunity to really make you think, hey, in one way, am I happy or am I sad? Like meaning when I say happy and sad, I mean, of course, taking the economic part out, uh, like, hey, my, I used to find such a burden to get up in the morning and go and deal with this environment. And well, I don't have to do it. So I'm so happy. That gives you a signal that you were doing something because you had to do it. All of us have to pay the bills. But it wasn't something you woke up and you felt happy about. Makes so much of sense. I was reading something which talks about uh, the PLR, the path of least resistance, which humans like tend to take. And that's where we become complacent in terms of our health, our relationships, our career. And it's such a great way to look at what is happening with us where it's an opportunity, not something which has ripped us off our salaries, our, our stable income. It is giving us a way to think that, you know what, this is what you can enjoy doing and can make a living out of it. However, people who have lost their jobs, you know, they are finding it really hard to get another one at their existing pay. So should they settle for less upskill or wait it out? I, I know it like depends from person to person, but then what should they do as of now who has lost his job? Yeah, so if it depends on the stage of your life, right? I would say if you're in the 20s or maybe even early 30s, if something exciting comes along and it's less pay, but this is something exactly you, you feel like you're going to wake up in the morning and be very excited about, I wouldn't worry about the paycheck because it, it'll catch up at some point, right? You will be able to make it up. What is relevant now is for you to be firstly working for the right person and the right team, because that's the environment. You know, you wake up and you spend most of your day-to-day -day life, even more than your family and, and, and so on. So that's number one. It's If it's the right company and, and it's the right industry and it's really very close to your passion, then none of that matters. Because even if you're taking a 15, 20% paycheck, it's irrelevant a long scheme of things. You will make it up because then certainly you will jump, you know, four steps ahead. You know, if you're later part of the career and maybe you're in the late 30s and the 40s, and then you, you want to consider the trade-off options to say, okay, if you let this go, 
the next opportunity will be how far along and economically you know i go back to the analogy right when you're renting a home and people have listed at a certain price and you come and you get an offer a uh, lower offer and if you reject it and it takes 4 months for you to rent your home again you probably lose out more than you would have accepted that particular offer because <laughs> you're just 4 months of unoccupied uh, apartment and, and so it again depends on your ability and, and for some it works because you know hey the apartment for example in this analogy is paid off and you have no emi you don't care it's okay but if you have an emi going yeah it's going out of your pocket so it depends on your personal situation so what industries do you think are going to be offering a lot of opportunities in the years to come you know clearly anything in data analytics is a big field right now i mean because there's there is not enough talent out there where people can hire in you know the data analytics i mean business analytics data analytics because every tech business is running or even non tech business i mean everything is running on analytics so that's a field where the demand supply is still quite big you know i mean i hear it takes 6 months to even hire somebody good uh in 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 that field and then then people leave quickly so uh so i think that's one the second one i think you know as kind of the the model of the hybrid model of online offline is now here to stay because before like in covid it went extremely online before that it was extremely offline so i think clearly the work in so called digital marketing and all that stuff will be here to stay these are basic jobs which will not go away they may not grow super they may not die but they will stay where they are stable places to be people will still build web websites right even though contrary to people say that hey you know website will be extinct no right you know like people in people will still do, do digital marketing people will still do brand building people will still you know do sales so these things will be here to stay so there are more i would say stable places to stay in terms of industry specifically i would say i think you know education is going through a little of adjustment but i think there will be still a lot to come in education world i think hospitality is coming back in a different way uh, because with travel coming back i think there is demand for newer type of professionals there than it used to be in the past but i think if you look at the stats of number of people um, you know you hear this concept of quite quick quitting and you know kind of the great resignation so a lot of people have actually left the workforce so in that sense that also is an opportunity to for the people who are looking for it to fill in those shoes and a lot of people who have left the workforce are many of them are you know from different industries but i feel like where the stress levels were high a lot of people have left healthcare industry clearly there is a huge demand uh, and continue to grow with covid really um, letting everybody <laughs> realize that there's there's just a lot of shortage there and when i say in health you know it's less on the doctor side but more on the you know the business of healthcare business of uh, running telemedicines online clinics and all that stuff lancing is not relevant for every industry someone into like supply chain management core industry cannot even think of like data analytics or metaverse or web or tech so anything which is not in sync with tech how can that person they think of making him relevant in the changing times i think their understanding of the complexity of the business model for example if you're in manufacturing manufacturing is a very complex process i mean if you're on the floor from raw material to completion of the product has so many elements in it from you know like the scrap material which happens in manufacturing the quality issues which happen in manufacturing the 
inventory management will happen in manufacturing. So while the tech is being used, there is a lot of, I would say, experience and skill set you develop while being in there. Uh, same thing in, I would say, logistics and shipping. I mean, there is just, while there's tech which enables it, but I think a lot of it comes down to your experience and understanding. So I think the workforce which is in industries or perhaps where the, the, the ability to kind of learn new tech skill you know, is hard for them, I think they should still feel relevant that, that the, the experience and the skills they have developed is their differentiating factor because you can't teach somebody to come on a floor of a manufacturing plant in a day and understand, you know, all the kind of end-to-end things which will happen on the assembly line from the time the raw material gets sourced to the time the output comes and what happens and basically managing the whole process on the floor. So I think they shouldn't underestimate the importance of that because products will still get manufactured. I mean, a lot of products today also, not everything is tech. I mean, yeah, the tech is the way to sell products, way to market products, and way to get products faster to people. But the product still needs to be produced, and somebody has to produce it, and that happens at factories and assembly lines and and, and warehouses and 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 so on. And and so, the workforce which is there, um, I think their skill set is learned. It's not given; they have learned it, and there is there is a premium for that learning. And 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 whether you're going from one industry to the other, that skill set is transferable. A lot of people are hiring designers from one industry to the other, and they have no relevance. You know, a phone designer is going to an automotive industry, or a car designer is going to a phone industry, right? And then you say, hey, what is the relevance? The relevance is because they're looking at certain type of creativity they have, there's certain type of thinking they're looking at. So I think that that's the place where, you know, your your real, I would say, experience and real human skills come in place. I remember one of my friends was working with Ashok Leland, an automobile giant in India. And when the industry was going through a rough patch, he moved to Amazon. And I was like, hey, I mean, you know, from automobile to e-commerce, how is it relevant? And then he mapped the supply chain management part of it, the warehouse management part of it that, you know, I have had done something similar when I was in Ashok Leyland. It was not the core engineering job. And that helped him in his current role at Amazon. So yes, like that skill can be transferred from one industry to the other industry. I've actually changed industries maybe seven times, right? I mean, I was in entertainment, then I went in consulting, then I was in automotive, then I went in tech. Then I went in education. Then I went in co-working with WeWork and then back in tech. The reason I was able to do that is because I was able to take certain transferable attributes. So I think the best place to start in any new industry, if you want to join a new industry or applying for a new industry, uh, sending your resumes or CVs, do enough research on customers. Go talk to the customers of that particular company, of that particular industry. And that will make you stand out in any interview relative to other candidates because not many people do it. So true. Love this part. After COVID, I've been getting a lot of calls where people are trying to sell me the health policies. So do we have something like a career insurance policy where we are insured that, you know what, if you take this policy, there is minimum career damage to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, insurance policies are good, but you know, we get to be comfortable with the mindset that nothing is permanent. I mean, I know it's a little more different altitude, but like, hey, nothing is permanent. And if you accept that, then everything is 
you're just processing and looking out for things you know for change accordingly right because i think this this permanence comfort zone we all have and it's not a bad zone but we all have is i feel which causes a lot of stress when uncertain times come in so i think it's a good time again to go back and question that hey everything is time then and so permanence is also time so then there'll be next set of permanence in whatever job or company you're going to be in i i often look at it in this way that if you have a breakup in your personal life or your professional life you do have a chance to find a better partner a better opportunity and that has been the constant for any person who has done something incredibly amazing in his in his or her career i mean if you just stay with one partner no matter how bad the relationship is you are continuing because yeah it is a comfortable zone who will find the next one but in case you think that okay you know this one really working out uh, it gives you a chance to explore things wow nikhil i loved this conversation believe me when i say this i have a lot of podcasts in the past but genuinely so much of clarity so much of i would say the way you deliver insights it was so so meaningful thank you nikhil for doing this just going back to kind of learning right this itself is a learning process for me also because through these conversations actually i get reminded of some of the things i have forgotten about you know your own journey which then makes you think oh you know the next thing i should do in my life is this so i think it's equally rewarding uh, and just underscores the exact example i was telling you like you know if you if you put yourself out in situations where you're talking to somebody it sometimes tells you oh, yeah this is something i should you know think about and so on so thank you for uh, uh, hosting and uh, it's been a wonderful interaction Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Workwise with Nokri. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Also, do share this with your friends who would benefit from this episode. I had a great realization talking to Nikhil that yes, do not compartmentalize yourself. Is there anything else that you learned from this? You can share your perspective on Twitter and LinkedIn and use the hashtag #workwisewithnokri. Three of the best perspectives will get a special surprise from us. So go ahead and share your perspective on your social media. Thanks again for listening to this episode. If you've always wondered how you can better manage your manager, you wouldn't want to miss the other episodes. I'm Devas Gupta and you are listening to Workwise with Nokri, a career podcast from nokri.com produced by Wine Studio.